Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, all new judges for The Masked Singer, but are they the right choices? The ABC cuts more than just its birthday cake. A reality TV star has PTSD. Do we have sympathy or did she know what she was getting into? And Perth says goodbye to an industry legend. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. TV Black Box, the podcast, starts now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. We'll meet the panel in just a moment, but first, it was during this week in television history that Australian TV changed forever. The O10 Network premiered their raunchy drama number 96 in 1972. The show was promoted heavily with the line, The Night Australian Television Lost Its Virginity. Number 96 was known for its groundbreaking storylines, including homosexuality, interracial romance, abortion and rape. It was also the first time a trans actor played a trans character that was none other than superstar Carlotta. The show ran for over 1,200 episodes. And just quickly, before we get into it, I actually bought the uh, number 96 cookbook that was uh, released in 1975. Uh, There are some ingredients in there that we can't say in this time slot, but it is a cracker dinner party conversation. So uh, look out for that. All right, welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Robinson, stepping in for Rob McKnight, who is off sick with that bloody COVID. Get well soon, old boy. We are missing you, but... We must continue on chewing the colour bar fat for this edition of the show. Please welcome magazine writer Philip Koch, the viewers advocate Mulk and actress Sarah Monaghan. Welcome everyone. We do have some sad news, however. Our wonderful colleague and friend Aaron Ryan has left TV Black Box. He was a fantastic contributor and we'll certainly miss working with him, but there are big things on the horizon and we wish him all the very best, don't we guys? Yes, farewell. See you, Aaron. We miss you, Aaron. He's a wonderful man and that's right, big things on the horizon. We can't have an empty seat in this cast of bloody thousands though so joining us permanently on the panel is tv black box contributor and survivor fanatic matthew simmons good morning to you sir good morning thank you so much thank you for um bringing me on and i'm happy to fill the shoes this is very exciting uh, are you old enough to remember free-to-wear television um yeah it's, it's in the bank somewhere um i think ratings might have just started when i was born <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, it's, it's fantastic to have you on board. Welcome, everyone. Let's get straight into it. There's been a lot of moving and shaking happening over at Network 10. With the announcement of the mass judge exodus from The Masked Singer, 10 has revealed who will be taking their places. Chrissy Swan, Abby Chatfield and Mel B will be joining Dave Hughes to guess who's behind the mask. The show is set to return later this year. Sarah, what do you think of this lineup? Is it enough to bring back the ratings? I love this lineup. Um, I think Abby Chatfield is the new Grant Danielle or Sonia Kruger. Like, (laughs) she is everywhere and she gives zero fucks. Like, she says what's on her mind and I I am here for this. And then, I mean, everyone loves Husey. Mel B. Not everyone anymore. Oh, hush. Um, Mel B, uh, I mean, she's been a contestant twice. And let's face it, anytime there's a hole anywhere in Australia, they call Mel B in because she's good talent. And um, everyone likes Christy Swan. So I think that this is pretty good. I mean, it would have been better if I was on there. But I'm very, very happy with this lineup and I will probably watch it. Malky, is this this good enough, do you think? Uh, Are these the right people for the job? Oh, look, I think we'll have to see them in in there pretending that we don't know who's behind the mask and how wild the guesses <laughs> are scenario. Um, I, I don't... Look, it, what I think would be a great turn-up would be to see one of the former judges um, turn up under a mask. 
Surprise. Uh, look, Chrissy and Abby and Mel B will be completely reliable next to Husey. That's It's a pretty hard ship to run into an iceberg. Um, I will disagree with my learned friend, um, ex-America, uh, and that is that, look, Abby Chatfield is certainly everywhere. That doesn't make her great talent. Absolutely, she says her mind, and that's fine. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sold on the Abby, you know, train yet. COVID's everywhere. No one loves that. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Kosh from the deep. Mm. Well, staying with 10 for the moment, and the network has announced Darren McMullen as the host of the new reality show, The Real Love Boat. That's according to the Herald Sun. The show is set to bring love for desperate singles out on the high seas. Malk, I want to go back to what you were saying about Abby. This is mm. the way that I feel about Darren. He He's in a lot of places, but I, I, I always struggle to find the charisma of of Darren McMullen in, in any role that he does, but he keeps getting booked for these hosting and acting jobs. Your thoughts? Well, it has popped up on Celebrity Apprentice this season. And I, I think in part, either it was the thing that got him across the line for the gig, or he already knew he had the gig and he was trying to show his colors. Um, he's a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a character. And I think that in that kind of a little bit naughty hosting role, he'll, he'll do fine. It'll be fine. Um, the, the challenge is you're right. I mean, he's had sort of some shows where he's done bits of things. And I mean, the only question is how long is he in the role before Sonia Kruger replaces him? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Matthew, does he have enough, does he have enough personality to be a personality? He's certainly been around for a long time, but kind of forgettable. Oh, I, I would say he has. I think it's a good choice. Um, I'm, I believe that this show, The Real Love Boat, is is designed to replace The Bachelorette. So anyone that isn't Osher um, is welcome news to me. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> He's everywhere Ouch. again, and we, we don't need him taking over another potential franchise. Do you hope that Darren screams and yells the way that Osher does? Oh, how he does with The Masked Singer, I hope yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing that strikes me weird about Darren is that watching Celebrity Apprentice, he's got this kind of villainous persona, and I've never kind of seen him in this villainous role. So it'd be interesting to see what character he plays, because I've always thought, yeah, he's a bit of a lad, but not this villain guy or this person that's overwhelmingly nice or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm excited to see what could happen, but I do think he's a good choice overall and is a good personality. Philip, does Darren sell? Uh, well, I think it's interesting he's running a dating show because we used to show a little bit of interest in his love life when I was in magazines, uh, and I can't tell you any of those stories. However, <laughs> uh, look, I, I do think he's got a charm. I think women love him. Like if if you saw him in action in real life, he does have women falling over him. So whether that translates on, on the screen in this particular format we'll have to wait and see but i know he's, he's quite cheeky and i know there was friction on the voice because he was uh you know quite independently minded about certain things so it might not be the easiest um role for the producers but hopefully they can produce him well and produce some gold oh, i love it when you talk cryptically philip it makes me very excited <laughs> Right, well, this year, the ABC celebrates 90 years of being on air, but it appears birthday cake is not the only thing they're slicing. The public broadcaster has announced almost 60 specialist workers in the renowned archives division are set to lose their jobs. It comes as the network attempts to cut costs while digitising their library. It will mean, however, the program producers and journalists will have to find vision and log new footage. Some of the archivists will be replaced with content navigators, but critics argue the experience lost will be irreplaceable. This is all despite managing director David Anderson describing the department as an asset of national importance and promising it will be protected. By the end of this year, 1.2 million documents, 637,000 images, 97,000 videotapes and 54,000 audio assets will have been digitised. Um, Malk, is this, uh, you know, a sad state of affairs or is it just a sign of the times? It, it, the most interesting part of it for me, Robbo, was the, the distance between the leak or the acknowledgement that there were these 58 jobs getting cut and then David Anderson's response. Yeah. It wasn't two minutes. It was a little bit of time to have to work out whether he knew about it or not. I would assume that he did. Um, it's, it's just, look, it's a sad state of affairs and and part of what David Anderson said in his um, his response was that we value highly the work of the archival team. They are you know, still going to be a deeply embedded part of each news desk and accessible and available doing the heavy lifting of the archiving. 
I guess the difference is that we're in a digital age now where a lot of the audio and the film and the the, uh, the images that are taken are natively digital, so it's actually not too hard for the people in question to do some of that archiving. It still does need the deft touch of the people from the archive desk to do the work, though, which is why Anderson reinforced there would be 70-something archiving stuffs remaining after the fact and that it was still a big focus of the ABC because... It has our, our recent history just deeply throughout the business. So, Philip, we know that they're digitising all of the old stuff, all of the fragile stuff. That's really important. But what they're basically saying, though, is anything that's now shot from from now on has to be logged by uh, a journalist or a producer. This already happens at um, 7 and 10 and probably 9 as well. Uh, but in, in doing that, lots of stuff is lost. So when I worked at Channel 10, you would see camera tapes come in and you'd think we'd have the shot, but it either wasn't logged or it wasn't in there because it's up to really busy journalists, really busy producers, and that kind of falls away when you lose librarians. So is this good enough for the future? Look, I, I can't speak to the experience at networks, but certainly um, in print media, whenever you move to digital and you get rid of people, you lose quality. Like, that's just a natural consequence in my opinion. But that said, you know, it's a digital world we live in. Um, though... though that sort of fad has been cut out of other media organisations long ago, and I'm not. I'm not saying they're not worthwhile. I'm not saying they're not valuable, but you know, if you're weighing up whether I had cut a program or or release a presenter or force a department into the modern age, then I, I don't think there's any question what you've got to do. Mm. It is certainly interesting one to watch as well. Well, let's move on. Ten boss Bev McGarvey says the project is as balanced as it can be. Speaking with TV Tonight, the executive dismissed commentary. The show leans too far to the left. One of those outspoken critics is our very own Rob McKnight, who argues it's too left for Australia's mostly centre-right-leaning population, and that's why it doesn't rate. Um, I think you'll you'll have to note, actually, Robbo, that uh, that McKnight's claim is that when you go woke, you go broke. That's uh, his... Yeah, I, I, I refuse. Claim. I refuse to say it. I've actually got Fair a contract. <laughs> yeah, that I don't say that. But uh, but you're right. He, uh, the, the great man, does say that. Uh, Matthew, is this right? We have Sky News for our right leaning friends. What's wrong with having the project for the left? Um, I don't think that there would be anything wrong with it. I will say, now I'm not someone who watches the project or even much of it at all. No one does. But, <laughs> there you go. And now that would, that's going to be my next point. But, but first of all, I don't, I, I ha- what I, from what I have seen, I don't know what particularly about it makes it so left-wing or so extreme compared to what you might see on Sky News. And I did the same thing watching the election coverage for the for the states. Watching Fox News, it was very clear that they were right wing, but CNN, which they claimed to be extreme left, wasn't quite the same. So I don't quite get the disconnect there. However, it doesn't matter what the perception is, the ratings tank. It sucks for Channel 10 having the project on. So does it really matter whether they're seen as left wing or, or in Bev's eyes if they're balanced? The ratings suck. Something needs to change if you, if you want to get the ratings up. Yeah, the problem, I think, with the project is not its political leanings, but the fact that it's just boring and no one likes to watch it. Philip, um, are you a big fan of the project and the way that they deliver programming? Uh, in an answer, no, I'm not. Um, look, I don't watch it enough to judge it, but, you know, I, I have tried to look at it a, lot, a couple of times in the last few weeks. Yes, it's very left, but then the demographic would would definitely swing left. So I don't think that's a problem. The problem is if you have a bunch of people all with the same opinion on a show, it tends to be boring. Uh, you could think Lisa being, you know, falling into the baby boomer category would have a different view, but she's probably amongst the most left wing on the panel. I just think I've I've just heard someone collapse in Mossman in Sydney by you calling her a baby boomer. Sorry, Lisa. Thoughts and prayers to you. But I mean, they have Steve Price, right? Isn't he like way the other way? Like they always have the token person that they can always argue with. Well, that's that's Steve Price, and I don't think they have him on enough. And 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 exactly right. He's a token. He's not even token right wing. He's just a token baby boomer, essentially, with with different views to the rest of the panel. They need to mix it up more. That I'm not saying, you know, manufactured fireworks. We all know that doesn't work on these sort of shows, but it doesn't hurt to have some opinionated people. And if you're just agreeing with everyone, as we well know, it's boring. Yeah. I I think a show can't be everything for everyone. And apparently the project isn't for anyone. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. 
But, I mean, I think that we do have shows that lean one way, we have shows that lean another way, but they, they could use, you know, a person like a centrist in there and then a person that... It, it's just, I think it's hard and no one really gives a fuck at this point what they do. Um, and I, they need to change up the panel. The only reason that I don't watch while I'm here is because I don't like that Peter Van Whiney guy who's like <laughs> a complete douchebag to women. So I won't watch it with him on there. Um, but if they got some other normal people on there who had decent opinions to females, I might watch it. I think that's on the professor's business card, actually. (laughs) Mock, there's no denying, and I I know from experience, that the project is a Mm. protected species at Network 10. Nothing can hurt it, nothing can come near it, nothing can harm it, and and it's clear that nothing can change it. Uh, How long do you give this program that would be incredibly expensive? You look at the desk, just the people who are sitting there, the the dollars are phenomenal. Uh, How long can we give this show, do you think? And how long do you think 10 can afford to do that? 10 can afford to do it until their budget gets sliced so thin that they actually can't. And that's going to be a real issue because that could be 12 months' time, that could be three, five years' time. It, it really is uh, an important part of 10 schedule. They hang a lot of their advertising on it. And to be frank, it's one of the few places that visiting artists can get a primetime interview, you know, other than 7.30. Yeah. You know, it's, love, so it... I love the concept of the show. I think mm-hmm. it's a great concept. I love the idea of it. I love what it could be. I just don't think that whoever they have on there right now is executing it well. It makes sense that Big Boss Bev would come out to defend it, right? Because they hold it so heavily. And hello to her and all of the other 10 executives who are now reading this in a memo. Um, (laughs) I... I want to I want to give the project props because it does try and live into its news done differently tagline. I think the challenge is that news done differently is not what the audience is after, um, and and that is revealed in part for all of the reasons why most of us aren't watching it. And even then, within it, like the Sunday project is a different beast to the Monday to Friday project. Uh, and gets vastly different results. For a Sunday night program, you'd expect it to be doing top dollar, top effort, and it often is doing lowest of the week. Um, and that's that's a real problem for them. Look, roving are making money hand over fist out of making this go for 10. Um, 10 will only get rid of it when they have something to replace it, and it's been in that slot for long enough now that you'd have to say they don't have many options. All right, we all know going on a reality show produces some of the most horrific and life-changing experiences on the planet, and now one of this year's Married at First Sight stars has weighed in. Dominica Calaco has revealed she suffers from and is being treated for PTSD following her stint on the reality show. In a newly launched podcast, Dominica said that in the months after filming, she would panic any time she sat down with a group of people after suffering through multiple fiery dinner parties on the show. With so much drama and feuding in one show, a revelation like this might come as no surprise to anyone. Uh, Matthew, there's much awareness nowadays about the dangers of going on a reality show. So do we have sympathy for them or do they know what they're getting in for? Um, I, I think we've got probably maybe the most awareness that we've ever had, but still I don't think it's it's enough. Um, I still think we're lacking a lot of areas. I think we definitely have uh, awareness in terms of how the audience sees shows and that we can treat it as it's reality TV, don't believe anything you see. I do think that's really hammering home for a lot of audience people and people that want to go on these shows. But in terms of what happens behind the scenes and and actually living the experience, there's no way, I think, to quite realise how much of an experience it is without doing it. Um, And, you know, PTSD, I, I feel like that's not an uncommon thing survivor people they, they come home and and they're they're for, for months they're thinking that someone's trying to blindside them and it's their family it's their friends people that they trust so that's a very common thing i don't think her having it is any surprise it, it to me it's just a reminder that we need to support the people that go on these shows like they are celebrities and people hate saying that they're celebrities but they are being exposed to television they are being exposed to a, a wide-ranging audience and doing some some crazy and sometimes horrific things that it just means that we need to help them out a bit more and make sure that they're okay during before and after we film these shows sarah not in the too recent past uh there wasn't a lot of support 
within the production for reality TV contestants. That's changed a little bit. There's been an understanding that there needs to be uh, psychologists and support people as part of the production. Does more need to be done for once they've been spat out by the machine? I think so. I mean, you think about how much media training kids get going into the industry i mean not nearly enough and like people who become journalists and stuff there's training for those people but you get these civilians who just want to be on reality television and they don't understand i think a lot of them still like even celebrity reality shows where they're filmed 24 7 people seem to think that at night they just go back to a hotel and they just come and act on survivor during the day and Hmm. i don't think people realize just how 24 7 these shows are which in itself is going to be exhausting it's going to be terrifying and then the constant media bombardment and like 10 years ago people would be like well just turn off your twitter and don't read it but we all know that's not practical so i think that people just still don't get the concept of how hard being a celebrity is and they just see red carpets and parties and hanging out with other people and i think that they need to do better psychological testing of people before they go on these shows to see whether they can actually cope with it in the first place because if you're picking someone who isn't going to do well in this kind of environment and then you throw them on there then it's just going to be a disaster so i think yes more treatment afterwards but also better casting beforehand and make sure that the people you're choosing can withstand it Yes, Sarah, that's why you'll never make it as a producer or casting agent, though, because they want them to be broken, because that often brings the best television in the context. I understand and agree that there needs to be some rigour applied in in the process that gets them into it. I mean, it's it's a we're in a weird situation now, particularly with reality television. Celebrity, I agree, has its grades. So, like, there's your Hemsworth-level celebrity, and then there's your married-at-first-sight, like, you know, bottom-floor-level celebrity... But we still treat them differently to, air quotes, normal humans. There's a a weird agreement, a relationship that takes place between um, the audience and the participant of a reality television show that almost bypasses the show. And that is that, in part, we go, well, look at them. They know what they're getting into. And because we've had so many iterations of these kinds of programs now, the producers have to ramp up the conflict and ramp up the trauma and the drama that it then means that we get to sit back and judge and we can attack them personally. We can hit them on all of their social medias and half the time they're only doing it to get a boost to their social media account so that they can claim, you know, influence level 700 or whatever. So it's this weird mix that plays on. I understand, particularly in Dominica's situation, her PTSD comes from the experiences on the show, not an interaction with the audience. This was just absolutely out of some of the the tater-tate that took place. And I get it, in part. And that's where, again, Sarah, I agree that there is an extra layer of mental health care that has to take place for participants once they're in line, once they're in the show. Philip, do you think a contestant coming out and saying something that is, you know, virally challenging with living with PTSD, do you think that that affects the show badly or do you think the audience kind of likes knowing that the show is so crazy that this could oh. happen to you so I want to watch it? I'd Look, I don't think the audience would give a crap, quite frankly. I don't think they really care about these reality t- TV stars. The audience chews them up and spits them out as much as the networks do. And that's why they go to such desperate attempts to become famous, to exploit their fame and monetize it. But that's the only reason that they are famous too, Philip, is no. that you're right, the, the audience chew them up and spit them out as quickly as the networks. But if they don't, the networks, or even if they do, the networks are like, right, you're good for us because you're a polarising. Like, have a look at it. Domenica's just scored bloody... I was about to say, then they get recast in a spin-off series or something. Yeah. Um, look, I I have very little sympathy for celebrities and fame. Um, don't be don't don't go into a role with the public. You know, it's like it's part yeah, and parcel of it. That said, I'm not going to criticise anyone who's being treated for PTSD. That's a re- really serious mental illness, and quite frankly, I have no idea whether she's suffering it really or not. I'm assuming she is. Otherwise, why would she say it? I'm not surprised. I'm surprised more of them aren't treated for PTSD. 
But that said, these are naive people. They go into it, you know, boasting very few talents and wanting to live some sort of dream life as an influencer or, you know, get on the gravy train for the rest of their life. And good luck to the very few ones that can in a sustained way. I mean, there's some that have made it who have made it, you know, like Abby Chatfield Uh, was a reality star and Angie Kent. You know, there are some that really do But has Angie made it really I she's mean, done a lot better than others, let's be honest. She's had, a, she's had more than a moment in the sun, I agree. Sorry, Sarah. And who's the chick on Home and Away? The other blonde one that was... <laughs> Sam. Um, uh, yes, Sam. Sam yes. So she went on to actually have an acting career. So there are some that do make acting. it and have whatever. It's She's getting paid to be on a television show. That is... I mean, don't knock it. She is getting paid to be an actor. So... And- but the, that's the lure, right? Those three as great examples are the tippity-top pinnacle of a mountain of hundreds of reality television people who have gotten nowhere or various levels of inst- Instagram influence bullshit. Um, it's moth to a flame. In part, they want to be a part of it. They're gonna, they will say, I'm going to risk it all because I want to get the biscuit. Um, and the difficulty is, when it all falls apart for them, are we supposed to then have sympathy for them because it's a really tragic thing that's happened? Or but how know, many of them wanted the to be of their actors and there are zero fucking acting jobs right now because everything on television is reality. So, I mean, if you want to be an actor right now, your best bet is to go be a reality person because at least you're on TV and you're making money and hope that that parlays into an acting job. Or open an OnlyFans account. <laughs> Don't they all or, or be a reality yeah. star, mass singer, and celebrity apprentice as as they do? Like you're, you're right, Sarah. It is just a reality TV market, and that's why they pop up. And people in the comments are saying, "Who are these celebrities? They're just reality TV people." Because that's all we watch. That's all we have on yeah. television. There are people who have more YouTube viewers and followers than there are actors. Like I, I, there are people who legit have millions of people watch them every week on YouTube, and they are bigger celebrities than someone on Home and Away. But we saw as a great example, just off the back of that, I'm sorry we're labouring this now, Robbo, the, what were they, the, the intuitive unemployed, I don't even know what the name of the jerks are, the two guys that were on Celebrity Oh, the Apprentice. inspired unemployed. Thank you, the inspired yes. unemployed. I'd never heard of them oh, before this thing. I know, I and I live on social media, what am I doing wrong? Mm. Um, it wasn't their market. The people that watch yeah. Celebrity Apprentice are not the people that would yep. watch them and vice versa. And we saw that in the ratings, their audience did not turn up. Yeah. So, you know, like the, the, the online thing has some pull and we're seeing it more and more as people are getting picked. This person's got a million followers on YouTube, whatever, and we'll put them in a show. And everyone else goes, what? I agree with that. Uh, and just quickly, I got my start essentially on reality TV, but that's a story for another day. And uh, you can buy the book when that comes out. So No, no, I'll no. You that. don't get to step past this. Quick, I'll leave we're that on cliff you. notes. How did it happen? Uh, really quickly, uh, there was a thing called The Intern on Sunrise back in the day. Yes. It was like The Apprentice. Oh, yeah. I was on that. That's how I got started. Bravo. Did you win? No, I did not. I got fired on the first day. Uh, but that's <laughs> the, the rest of that's for another day, you know? All right, let's move on. The star-studded night of television is just around the corner with the Logie Awards airing on the Nine Network this Sunday, June 19th. Up for gold are seven notable TV favourites, Sonia Kruger, Melissa Leong, Hamish Blake, Carl Stevanovic, Tom Gleeson, Julia Morris and Ray Ma. Other stars up for major awards, including Carrie Bickmore and Lee Sales in the presenter category, Roger Corsa, Bernard Curry, and Hugo Weaving for Most Popular Actor, Kitty Flanagan, Anna Torb, and Ada Nicodemu in Most Popular Actress. Some blockbuster shows are going for silver too, such as Home and Away and The Newsreader in the drama category. Gogglebox, Lego Masters, and Hard Quiz are among those vying for entertainment. And shows like MasterChef, Celebrity Apprentice, The Block and Married at First Sight are in the running for most popular reality program. While a full list can be found on the TV Black Box website, let's get some predictions from the team. Sarah, we'll start with you. Who's going to take out gold this year? Well, we were just shitting on Home and Away and yet Raymar is the only actor on that gold logo Very list. Very true, very true. Um, so, you know, but I, I don't know. I think they're all pretty good people this year. I mean, I always love Carl. I think he's great morning television. Um, he's so, one, he's Logie. You can win more than <laughs> once, okay? Um, but, no, I, I think that they're all, I think that they are all valiant nominees this year. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't deserve to be on there like there is some years. Um, but I'm more than anything just excited that it's coming back. 
Yep, it is back. Matthew, who's going to take home the gold this year for you? Um, I will just start by saying I don't like that the network makes their nominations because I prefer it when we vote for a first round and then the, our favourites in those categories. Times. Yeah, exactly. I prefer that because then we don't get crazy picks that, that are already been, has been... I don't think Ray Mar would actually make it if the audience... Uh, voted again because he, he's in every year i don't think people want to vote for that again unless it was just what they're used to which is also half valid i will say that i'm hoping sonia kruger purely because she does a lot for channel 7 and it might all be uh, nostalgia brands but i don't think anyone else in that lineup has more than one show she's the only one that that does and i think it's like three or four so i'm hoping it's her i do think however it will be hamish blake hmm. all righty mulky gold Sonia Kruger will only win it um, after Darren McMullins won it. Uh, the Sorry, just a <laughs> late of that joke. Look, uh, Lisa McCune, she'll win. Yeah. She's won 17,000 times, hasn't she? She should. Uh, I, I've got a head and heart. I think that I agree, Matthew. I think my head says Hamish Blake's going to take it, but my heart really wants Tom Gleeson to take it again just to stick it right up everyone. So much. Indeed, Philip. Well, I don't want Tom Gleeson to win it. That <laughs> wasn't the best result for Magazine Land. Um, no, it was not. Oh, look, what I am loving is the thought of the big stars doing dummy spits at the networks when they find out that their own network didn't nominate them. Yeah. And there are lots of names that spring to mind and I'm not going to share any of them. Uh, my, vote <laughs> is, the gaps. <laughs> my vote is Julia Morris. I think she's just an amazing talent. She's Great so, talent. Yep. A really nice person. Yep. She probably won't win it, but I really, I will be barracking for Julia. Yeah, I think that's a great. I think I'm going for Julia too, Philip. I think she's fantastic, and she is so lovely, and she just does a great job. So uh, good luck to everyone. And TV Blackbox will bring you exclusive coverage from the Logies red carpet. Our roving reporter Rob McKnight will be interviewing some of TV's biggest stars, and those will be fast tracked for you to watch on Sunday. More information will soon be available on the TV Blackbox website. Ably assisted by Matthew Simmons. Oh, Matthew, you're down there too. Weirdly, he didn't write you into the script. Welcome to Showbiz. Fancy that. That's right. Yes. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Isn't it supposed to be a super spreader event already? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And yeah. I haven't caught COVID yet, so if I don't Mask get it from up, Rob, buddy. I'm going to be getting it. So I'm probably you're going to get Showbiz COVID. Big yellow nuclear outfits. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Lots of yes. hand sanitizer. You need to wear that on just normal years of the Logies. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Don't go to the bathrooms. Oh, my God, I'll hold it. Still to come on TV Black Box, Neighbours redirects its mail to the history books. SBS and Screen Queensland get new bosses. And we say goodbye to a legend of Perth television. Plus, just what has everyone been watching this week? We'll find out when we head into the TV Pitch Box. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's time for Hatches and Dispatches with me, Sarah. Former teacher, actor and Supreme Court judge Rosalind Atkinson has been named the new chair of Screen Queensland. She says it's an honour to be asked to fill the position. After countless weddings, deaths, explosions, scandals and earthquakes, Neighbours has wrapped production. After 37 years and thousands of episodes, the world's most famous cul-de-sac will soon fade into television history. The final episode will go to air on Monday, August 1st. A hatch over at SBS with the appointment of Catherine Fink in the role of Director of Television. Ms. Fink comes with a wealth of experience, including time overseas with Disney, Fox and Sky Italy. And finally, some very sad news for Perth Television. The much-loved and popular newsreader Yvette Mooney has passed away. She started her career at Seven as a reporter before landing on the desk of Seven News and Today Tonight. Ms. Mooney had battled cancer for 16 years before passing away with her family by her side. She was 58. 
Very sad news. Sarah, thank you very much. To the ratings now, in the week to date, Nine walked away with a network win by achieving a 27.4% share in the five-city metro market, just slightly ahead of Seven, who had 25.9%. In third was Ten, with 22.8%, followed by the ABC with 15.9%, and SBS with 8 on primary channel shares, 9 won again with 19%, 7 had 17.9, then 10 with 16.1, ABC at 11.5, and 4.4 for SBS. Multi channel wise, 7 2 again took out the top spot with 3.3%, but it was 10 Peach that matched 7 Mate for equal second on a 3.1 share apiece. Primetime ratings continue to see the blockbuster reality shows struggling overnights. On Monday, after the news, A Current Affair and Have You Been Paying Attention did well above the 7.30pm offerings, but it was MasterChef who ranked first with 577,000 five-city metro viewers, followed by the ABC's 7.30 with 503,000. Celebrity Apprentice did its best all season, although still only at 423,000, and Big Brother could only draw 363,000 overnight. Bulky, is there something just not firing with the reality TV options this quarter? Why aren't audiences making it must-see television? Yeah, it's weird. I think we talked a bit about it last year that streaming, you know, got a foothold because of COVID and us spending time inside. Uh, I, I think it's actually just continued and we found more and more because the networks, this is the challenge, right? As we come, let's say out of COVID conditions, we're not really, but you know, out of it from a production schedule point of view, there's just more and more content coming down the pipe to us. Now we have to acknowledge this past weekend was a long weekend in, you know, most of the reasonable States of Australia. (laughs) So that made for a, a public holiday Monday, which meant that everything was down. So that was always going to be a part of that game. Anyone that goes away isn't necessarily tuning into your Big Brothers or your Celebrity Apprentices on Monday night. Um, and in fact, last week, 7.30 in Australian Story trounced MasterChef at 7.30. So, you know, there, there's that kind of challenge that's going on. Look, there's no question linear broadcast, commercial television particularly, has to have a good hard look at itself and say, what are we offering? We are about to hit the big reset and the Commonwealth Games are only, what is it, 50 days away? The latest press release reminds us, stop it with the press release of seven. 50 (laughs) days, it's too many, too many days. Um, But we'll see the block will come in. We'll see, um, what's the new capital H one? Um, Hunted. Coming that they just did the big super dilly promo on ten, that's that's going to land and and they're going to hope that there's some big interest in that. So there's lots of stuff to come down the pipe. The challenge will be if they don't do anything, what what's the next step? Where do they land from here? Sarah, you've been in the country for a while now. Have you been sampling any of these big budget reality TV shows? I have. Um, I'll talk about them in Binge Box. But yes, I've actually, um, well, I've been flicking through at night, but then also I'm just enjoying going out. And I've noticed um, everybody else is also enjoying going out. I mean, it's cold weather, but like when I walk out on the street, everyone is outside. So I think people are just done with television for a minute and maybe it'll take them a couple months before they go back to watching TV. They might just be bored of it or they're also just tired of reality and are just looking for actual television again. Which is a dangerous place for commercial TV to find itself because it has hung its hat very seriously on that primetime strip reality. Matthew, of any of these shows that you've been watching in the past but you've kind of fallen out with? Um, uh, to, to an extent, it's funny that this is probably the quarter that I'm most interested in, given that I'm watching two out of three, which is Celebrity Apprentice and Big Brother. However, I'm certainly not watching it with, oh my God, I need to watch this, what's happening? Mm. Like, I'm, and especially having the screening room is great because I can just fast forward little bits that I don't care about. And I do that a lot because time is of the essence. Um, but it's, it, I'm, I'm just, like, what, what, I'm one of those people that just loves elimination. So I'm, I'm ready to get to the elimination. If I just need to skip five, ten minutes, and I can, sometimes it can be it, some of those big chunks. So, so yes, I, in this particular quarter, I am watching them, but I'm certainly just, I'm, I'm just waiting for a result, and I just want to be half shocked. I, I'm not, I'm not holding out for a, a full episode. I, I don't really care anymore. 
Yeah, uh, not a lot of people do. Thank you very much there, Matthew. Now it's time to find out what everyone's been watching over the past week as we head into the TV binge box. Sarah, I'm excited because you've kind of given us a little tease of what you've been watching. What has been getting your attention? Well, I'm actually, I lied earlier, I am actually watching the project on TV right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then because Aaron's not here, somebody had to step up and watch Love Island. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which was just ridiculous. It's like, like, uh, I'm sorry, do people own clothes or is it required that you have to wear a thong? Um, it's televised gonorrhea. It's just, <laughs> it was just, I just couldn't. Anyway, I, um, I watched The Living Room um, and then uh, Have You Been Paying Attention, which I thought I actually really enjoyed Have You Been Paying Attention. I thought yeah, that was quite, great show. but I mean, I love news. I'm a news junkie. And so to me, that's actually like totally my jam. And if I could watch that all the time, I would. And then, it's news done differently, isn't it? it and then yeah. on, uh, on the not television front, um, I watched Supernature with Ricky Gervais because we talked about that. And um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and Where he, was that, Sarah? That was on Netflix? On Netflix. And cool. so um, because apparently my US Netflix account works here. Um, and so that was excellent. I finished finally Ozark because we only had three episodes to go before I left the U.S. So I finally finished that. Um, and yes, I understand the meme now where Ruth is uh, giving uh, the uh, finger. Uh, 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 no, no, spoilers. no spoilers. Oh, no. Okay. I just understand why everyone was very upset at the ending. Um, I watched Senior Year with Rebel Wilson. Um, shout out to Rebel. Uh, you know, love is love and fuck the SMH. Um, <laughs> no, no, but like people like how dare they do that shit to her and power to her and anyone who knows rebel or has lived in palm beach will know that like this wasn't the first time that she's been to the polo she was there several years anyway and then last night and then does polo mean something is that a yeah, what, what was that what does it's it mean the, to go to the polo lgbtqi alphabet people oh. they play polo on the horse and there's a there's an oh. event in palm beach in florida right the, the one where I used to live right. um, every year. And so Rebel always flies in for that. So they were like, oh, she turned up this year. It's like, no, motherfucker, she was there last year too. Anyway, and then Mike Myers has come out with something called the Pentaveret, which I found last night. And then in between watching Robert on the news all day today and avoiding any kind of media, I finished the Pentaveret. It is pure Mike Myers. He plays like 18 different characters there's homages to all of his past characters like Austin Powers and Shrek and it is the dumbest, stupidest, funniest show that is just if you just need to like not think for an hour, um, watch that. It's 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 terribly good. I'm excited about that. Thank you, Sarah. Philip, what have you been watching? Uh, I, I, I've sort of been casting about, I, there's not a lot that I'm really desperate to see at the moment, but that said, I did watch series six of Shetland, which is, uh, uh, on BBC one. So on Foxtel and binge here, uh, it's a, it's just a terrific crime series set in the Shetland islands. You get to see a lot of the Shetland islands, which looks like a very bleak and cold, but spectacular place. Uh, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to move there, but I'm tempted to go for a visit, uh, so that that's just a great British crime series based on a, a number of Anglees books. I highly recommend that. Then I checked out Wheel of Time on Stan, which I don't know if you guys have seen that. When it first came out last year, it was um, it was promoted, or people were trying to suggest it was a new Game of Thrones, which deterred me from watching it to be honest, because I thought, well, it won't be. It's not. No, <laughs> it is not. It, it really isn't. But. That said, if throw that out of your mind, I didn't mind it. I didn't love it. I'm still watching it. Uh, Ro- Rosamund Pike is fantastic. You mm-hmm. know, the original Bond girl, uh, who was also in Jack Reacher. It's an interesting story. If you've if you've read um, the fantasy novels by Robert Jordan, that's based on it, probably gives more context to it. Uh, so that it's got a sorry. Right, I was just going to jump in, Philip, and say that it's got a very like solid following as far as people who've read the books. They don't just read them once. They tend to be obsessive over them. Mm. And I went to see the first couple of apps on premiere as a preview with the prime video put on and took 
a friend of mine who's one of those people and he rated it highly and has watched the rest of the season, thought it's great, he's keen for more. Um, but you've got to kind of commit to falling into the universe, don't you? Look, I have read some of – I don't think I've read that series, but I've read some of Jordan's books and loved mm. them when I was a lot younger than what I am now. Sure. Um, uh, I don't think you need to have read the book to, to enjoy it. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, look, so long as you don't compare it to Game of Thrones, it's a, it's worth a look and you'll probably enjoy it. Uh, and I've just started watching Becoming Elizabeth on Stan, which is a young Queen Elizabeth I. It's not grabbing me, but it's early days, so I'll report back on that one. Philip, thank you. Malky, what's been on your remote? It was an Origin Week last week, which is in part one nine, managed to pull a win out of the bag. So that was my Wednesday night. Loved. It's the only three games of football that I absolutely make appointments for, and that's to watch the State of Origin. And as a Queenslander living in New South Wales, there is no greater feeling than a Queensland victory during the state of origin. I saw that finger, Philip Gosh, you put that away. <laughs> so that was delightful. Um, I am deep in Obi-Wan Kenobi with my family, well, particularly my wife and son, and we are loving it sick. Goodness gracious, I know we fawned over it last week. It is just getting better and better. I'll be so sad when these six episodes go. I'll have to watch it again. Me too, me too. Um, last week, tonight is still a staple. Uh, I'm still hanging in there with um, the Celebrity Apprentice. Um, uh I can't. I honestly can't see it coming back. It's just not. It's not as good as it was last year. The casting is better, but the challenges are not as good. So I don't know. Make of that what you will. Um, I finished off Girls Five Ever and thought that was wonderful. That was just going to round out nicely on Stan. Um, I'm loving the Orville season three on SBS. Viceland on Friday nights. That's a bit of um, Seth MacFarlane sci-fi fun. But the big thing that I spent uh, time on in the past fortnight, I got to see the first two episodes of The Twelve which starts on Fox Showcase Tuesday night next week. Um, They're big new Aussie drama um, looking at a a court case. It's it's a remake of a a European series. I can't remember which one. Um, uh, Sorry, which country. The basic premise is that there's a, um, a murder case, a woman's being tried, However, we actually spend more time looking at the background of the jurors and who they are. It's not 12 Angry Men, not about their deliberations in the room. It's actually about who they are as people and the the way that they come to the courtroom as far as who they are, the baggage that they bring and all of that sort of stuff. It is stellar. An absolutely cracking cast. Sam Neill, Marta Dusseldorp, Kate Mulvaney, um, uh, just a, Brooke Satchwell, a list a huge list, and it's bloody brilliant. That kicks off Tuesday, Fox Showcase on um, Fox, uh, Foxtel, of course, The 12. You won't want to miss it. It's going to win all of the awards this year for sure. I also got to see um, a preview, and it's now out on Netflix, Spiderhead, the new um, Chris Hemsworth Netflix film. Mm. It was a film. <laughs> Right. Uh, I also spent um, eight hours watching The Terminalist with Chris Pratt, which comes to Amazon Prime Video at the end of the month. And it is, it's a bloody good action series. Like it's pew, pew, bang, shoot 'em up stuff. Really quite good. Lovely, Mark. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> I was just lost in your words there, Mark. I know. So I, I'm such a wordsmith. Pew, yeah. pew, shoot 'em up stuff. <laughs> That's what I was actually thinking about. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Matthew, finally with you. What have you been watching? You need to go as well. Don't oh. forget. Thank you, you for thinking well. of me. I'll go. I'll go last. Cool. Um, oh, as I mentioned, uh, Celebrity Apprentice and Big Brother for the um, commercial networks basically echo exactly what Monk said with Celebrity Apprentice. That's how I feel. Uh, Big Brother, e- e- even much the same. Um, I-, I like the cast. I love the veterans. I like them putting up against the fans, but. It's just lost its magic. It's just not Big Brother anymore. And I don't know whether that's because of Seven's format or whether it's just, you know, been 14 seasons and we're all just over it. Not too sure what's happening. Um, I do think it will come back for for another hit next year. Um, but there's going to have to be some changes if they want to keep it beyond that, in my opinion. Um, and then moving on to the streaming stuff, uh, Survivor can't not make a mention. Of course, I'm watching that. Uh, we've been we usually have The Office in the background, but we've kind of been sitting down and watching it lately. I think we, we were in season five somewhere, and we just kind of keep going. So that's made a resurgence in our household. The US or UK version? Oh, uh, US, definitely US. Just prefer the US over the UK, to be honest. Um, also. 
went back, there was a show, I think it was 2011 it started, ran for four seasons, Revenge. It had um, Emily Van Camp, oh, yes. Madeline Stowe in it. I, I remember the premiere being amazing. I remember watching the whole thing, and I just went back because I saw something online saying, oh, the premiere is one of the best pilots ever, and I thought, oh, I'll go back and just watch it. And now I'm, I'm back in. I'm back in watching Talk the whole thing. Talk about diminishing returns for a series, though. That first season was amazing and then it just got shittier and shittier and shittier and i'm midway in the second season i'm just sticking with it i'm like i know because i know some of the twists that i already know the outcome for and i thought well i still want to see them happen again so i i'm slower in the second season although i'm i'm determined to make it to the end and then it wasn't this week but we've had a bit of discourse in the last couple of weeks podcasts about Stranger Things, I just want to make a mention that I'm on the camp that this is one of the best seasons, yep. and if not one of the best shows that Netflix has. I do like horror movies, and I I, I, I do find stuff scary, but it's like I, like, I like Scream, I see the appeal, I see the scare. This terrified me. Seriously, oh. like, it yeah, really fair. was scary. And that fourth episode, everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. I still go back and watch some of those scenes, and I'm still terrified. I'm still getting <laughs> yeah. chills. So, really, if you like scary stuff and you think, oh, that's scary, I, I do enjoy it, this will actually scare you. I can't stress it enough. It's such a good show. Can't wait for volume two in a couple of weeks. Are you sleeping with the light on there, Matthew? I have to now, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> do you know who Kate Bush is now? Yeah. I do, I know, and I'm singing that song all the time. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, I've been watching, I've been continuing with Mad Men. I'm loving it, had never watched that before. That is a fantastic show. Uh, Mulkey, I'm with you. Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, I love every minute of that show and I keep having to remind myself and I don't like the reaction that I give myself that it's only six episodes. It is such a good show. I, I just love it. I think it's fantastic. So that's obviously on Disney Plus and Mad Men. I'm watching on Stan. Well, that's all we've got time for here on TV Black Box, the podcast. Remember, you can keep up with what's going on in TV any time of the day. Just head to tvblackbox.com.au. A big thank you to our panel, Mulk, Sarah, Philip and Matthew. And of course, we all hope that, Rob, you get well very soon. I'm David Robinson. Thanks for your company. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.